Welcome to the Insight Podcast. My guest today is Susie Redding. Susie is a chartered psychologist, yoga teacher, coach, and author who wants to help you find peace, purpose, and a path of action. Her latest book, Rest to Reset, The Busy Person's Guide to to Pausing with Purpose, reminds readers of the importance of rest and is a guide for how you can weave rest into your day. I talked to Susie about what people get wrong about rest, the different types of rest, the current culture around rest, how you can make rest a part of your day, no matter how busy you are, and much more. Enjoy the episode. So what do we get wrong about rest, do you think? Oh, oh my goodness. I think for a lot of people, we need to reframe our relationship with it. Yeah, because rest conjures up all sorts of unhelpful images. And when you look at the cultural messaging around rest, we've got the health and fitness industry that tells us no pain, no gain. Yeah, there's the hustle culture that tells us you snooze, you lose. You know, sloth is one of the seven deadly sins. Uh, we have consumerism, poking and prodding at our insecurities, mm-hmm. encouraging us to buy more, to be more. Oh, my goodness. And then, you know, you have a look at social media and we've got all of these glorious experts telling us how we should be doing it. And we, we get to compare uh, not just, you know, the grass is green and now we get to see the glorious interiors as well. You know, how could we possibly take a moment for ourselves to rest when there's all this ambition and striving and self-improvement to be done? It's exhausting just thinking about it. Completely, completely. Every aspect of our lives, it's like we, we're thinking how to optimise it and how to improve it and how to be better. It's not enough now, is it, to just be a, a great mum or a great teacher or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. You, you've also got to be training like an Olympic athlete, yes. eating like a Michelin star chef, Mm-hmm. reflecting like a Buddhist monk. <laughs> You've just got to be doing everything, haven't you? And mm-hmm. so where on earth um, are you going to fit in rest? So what we get wrong is that we're just we're, we're not making the time for it. Is that right? And also being told how, how to do it as well. Is that what you mean? Or is there I think else? they're all part of it. Right, um, right. I think it's, it's, it comes down to our conceptualization of what rest is. Mm. Um, I see rest as a form of nourishment. It's the sustenance that I need to be able to get through my day. I think a lot mm. of people see rest as oh, it, that's my reward for hard work or I'll rest once I've delivered everything on my to-do list or I'll rest once I've given everyone else what they need. Yeah, and, and rest is that, but it's it's also something that we do proactively so that we can... Mm. Um, we can manage our responsibilities. Um, quite often we're so busy delivering that we don't notice our needs. So there are lots of different layers to why rest is hard. Um, I'll be honest with you, there are some restorative practices that um, that I've turned to that, my goodness, I, I'll never forget the first meditation class I went to and being at the ransom of this cacophony of 
thoughts and memories and sensations and oh my god it was it was horrendous mm. or how I felt after having surgery on my foot where it was enforced rest it was not rest of my choosing that was not pleasant that was not easy so there are lots of different reasons why rest is hard to do rest is challenging and in the midst of all of this squeeze all of this busyness why it's really hard to find time to do it yeah exactly so we're kind of told to rest in certain ways when actually that might not be particularly appealing or yeah. it might be more draining than it is restful yeah. um and then I, I can also empathize with that with being uh having a period of enforced rest you know i ruptured my Achilles back when I was 21 and so that meant a good three months longer recuperating and it was you know just just weeks on end on the sofa I couldn't do much I wasn't very mobile I was in a big cast and oh gosh that was one of the most difficult um periods of my life um <laughs> so you kind of we've kind of touched on like different types of rest then I suppose um different approaches and how mm. some forms of rest might be more restorative than others is that right are, are there different types of rest and do you see some types of rest as being more restorative than others of course under that umbrella of the fact that it's I suppose very individualized to the person yes well I think it comes back to sort of how we um define rest and I think that's really interesting because the approach that that works for me and that works for the people that I that I coach, and this is the approach that I take in my book, is is looking at rest as a means to bringing us back to balance. Yeah, rest is something that brings us back to a feeling of peace, a, a sense of harmony. Um, so, from that definition, we could see that what I need might be completely different to what you need. What I need this morning might be totally different to what I need this evening. So it is, it is deeply personal. It's very individual. Um, when I was researching the book, I was interested to see how other people categorized rest. Mm. And, and what I came across often was this idea of there being, um, physical rest, mental rest spiritual rest, creative rest, social rest. And I, I, I understand that that works on some level, but when you're checking in with yourself and you're thinking, what do I need? I'm not sure those categories guide you in identifying the true restorative act in the moment. So that's why I came up with the, the eight pillars of rest in my book that sort of identify that if we can think about how we've used our minds and how we've used our bodies and the kind of environments that we've been immersed in, that will give us a clue as to what we need to bring us back to balance. So if I, if I give a, a concrete example, mm. um, when I've spent a day mothering, yeah, when there's been lots of noise, lots of connection, lots of stimulation, um, perhaps a lack of freedom in choosing what I do next or having to, or my will has been thwarted. Yes. I, I would probably be craving solitude, spaciousness, silence. Yeah. But if I spent a day in on my own pecking at a keyboard, the rest that I need will be totally different. I'll, I'll want the hugs. I'll want the laughter, the connection, the let's get together and play something. Yeah. That's rest. So yeah, it's different things in different moments, but I would hope that those 
the eight pillars of rest will help people identify the kind of um, action or inaction that they need. Mm. Yeah, it's so true. It's kind of the the physical side of rest, I think, for me, and I guess maybe for lots of other people as well, it seems more obvious and it seems kind of easier to grasp. You know, if I went to the gym the day before, I know that maybe I need to rest a certain body part or <laughs> just can take the day off completely because I can feel it. What I struggle with sometimes is that that mental rest and what, what do I need to do to switch off? I'm a primary school teacher. Um, and so, you know, a, a day of 30 children or, or by the end of the week, four days with, with 30 children, um, it can be mentally draining. And then I kind of revert, I might revert to, and maybe other people revert to this as well, just kind of lying on the sofa and watching something funny that I can completely switch off with. And I, and I think that works. I think that's great. Yeah. It kind of rebalances me. But sometimes there's that little bit of guilt kicks in, doesn't it? Well, actually, I could be doing something else with my time. And is there something actually that would be better for me um, to clear my head and to, to ease some tension? Should I be doing something else? Or is it just a case of just be a bit gentle with yourself, do what feels right in the moment, but maybe try other things as well? I don't know. What are your, what are your thoughts oh, on that? Sam, do you know what? I would say always be gentle with yourself. Yeah. Absolutely. Always be tender. Always be gentle. You know, I think with any healthy habit, you know, if you look at nutrition, if you look at exercise, um, we, we do tend to sort of fall into patterns. Mm. And sometimes those patterns serve us. And sometimes they don't. Um, I think it's interesting from the perspective of when you look at if you did the same thing in the gym, you know, exactly the same routine, if you lifted the same weight, same number of reps, you know, you're, you would get a plateauing of mm -hmm. physical results. It's the same thing in positive psychology um, where we habituate to the kind of interventions so I, I would I would suggest that, you know, with rest, it would help if there is some kind of variety. And I think you're right to get intentional and to say, okay, so if I'm associating rest with sedentary screen time, there's nothing wrong with that, yes, but if that's what we're habitually turning to, then there's an opportunity to think, okay, is there some room for tweaking? Is this really genuinely meeting me where I'm at, delivering what I need? Um, or is there something else that could feel juicy and invigorating? And I'm wondering, would it be helpful to actually take a look at those eight pillars to get people thinking about the forms of of, of nourishment in a in a different way? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Please feel free okay. to. Yeah. So if, though, I I just think it this is it's like the roadmap. You know, mm. when you check in and you sort of okay, so maybe oh, I'm noticing I'm feeling depleted, but what do we do with that? So my question would be, ask yourself how much movement has been in your day or how much stillness and, and how can you use that to bring you back to balance? So, for example, someone might have been still, but they might have been standing on their feet all day. They might need some gentle mobilisation to aid circulation and then lie down. Or if you've been sat still, maybe you'll need some joyful movement. Or if you, you know, it's, it's how can you use movement and stillness to bring you back to balance? That's the first pillar. Then we've got the kind of stimulation that you've had in your day. Has there been lots of noise? Has there been lots of visual stimulation? Or actually, do you just need a stimulation of your choosing? Yeah, do you need to listen to music or watch a show of your choosing? Or do you need a break? Do your senses need a rest? Um, and then we've got looking at energy. And I think this is interesting. I think quite often we associate rest with um, 
lying down in stillness and doing nothing because we we need to re-energize. But for a lot of people, um, depending on the state of their nervous system, just lying down in stillness can feel really difficult because there's pent-up energy that we need to dissipate first to actually access that state of relaxation. So the question here is, do you need to let go or actually do you need something energizing and uplifting and, and finding your way there? Um, then we've got solitude or do we need the company of others? Now that's self-explanatory. And then we've got, you know, you were taking a look at how we can um, mentally refresh. Well, do we need some kind of focus or actually do we need a free wandering mind? I think that's a useful distinction to make. So if for students, for example, where they've been told, you must focus on this thing, you've got to answer these questions in this time, they might just want a complete freedom. You know, this is where a bit of daydreaming is good, a little bit of creativity, mm. spaciousness. Or if you've spent the whole day telling everyone else what to do, well, actually, maybe it would be really nice for you to receive and be guided through a, you know, a, a guided relaxation, yeah? So this is the mental aspect. And then we've got another couple of pillars. We've got looking at emotions. Um, sometimes the, the catharsis is, is feeling the emotions, sitting with our emotions, expressing ourselves. But equally, there's a place for saying, do you know what? I've had enough of being with my emotions. I actually need a little break. And as long as we're choosing a life-giving break, then that's healthy, yeah? And then the last two, we've got, do we need something that's comfortable, something easy? Or actually, do we need a little bit of a gentle, stretchy challenge? I think that can be interesting too. And the final one, and this is so important for educators, for nurturers, for parents, have we spent our entire day giving? Mm. And actually, do we need to receive to bring us back to balance? So there's a little roadmap there, and I hope there's something that speaks to everyone Oh, I'm sure I'm sure it will and and hopefully inspire people to to go away and and order the book as well. You know, I was always kind of a bit re reluctant to ask authors to dive too deeply into their book because you don't want to give away all the secrets to you. You want people to get their hands on the on the copy, but thank you for sharing the eight pillars and giving the examples as well. And what I'm hearing is just it's all about balance and and that that word just comes up all the time and it's something I just reflect on often how everything is about balance and it's not the black and white messages that we might see on social media on the news that this is the way to do it and, and that's it um of course that gets a response doesn't it it gets a reaction it can be emotive but what i'm finding more and more as i grow up is that it's balance and it's um yeah, just taking a step back with a bit of perspective. But uh, but I really liked the examples of, of each of the, the pillars and how it's kind of this 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 weighing scale of of approaches. Um, the, well, the one that kind of struck a chord was that being whether you, whether your rest depends on whether you've been telling people what to do all day or you know, you've been told what to do all day and and what's the opposite of that? Because I think in maybe in relationships, maybe for educators, they've been if if they're in a relationship and it's kind of always up to them to decide where to go for dinner or to make the decision or whatever, then that just gets so drainy, isn't it? And it, and it can be just a huge relief, can't it? When someone says, right, we're going here. This is what we're going to do. And don't worry about it, Sam. Like I've got it all sorted. You don't have to think about anything. It's like, 
Ah, <laughs> exactly. Which wouldn't seem like a type of rest, would it? It wouldn't seem like that is providing me with rest, but actually it is. And yeah. when someone offers you that, it's it can be just so it can be so meaningful, can't it? And then also like the 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 focus as a um opposing the kind of the openness and the creativity and and that's mm. something i've learned more and more about how you know we can have this deep period of focus can't we maybe 60 minutes 90 minutes but what i'm hearing is that a really good way to recuperate from that is to then get outside and kind of expand your field of vision and look out into open spaces i think they even talk about that you know a screen with open spaces can provide some of those effects as well even yes. just pictures of plants and things and nature yes. Uh, but it's it's really interesting so I'm, I'm really grateful future for going through those different pillars it's, pleasure it's really i think helpful. that's the way that we like it it makes sense you've yeah, got to have you, there has to be that there's got to be something practical to work with otherwise mm. you know it's it's so hard to to know how to nourish yourself because it is so nuanced yeah yeah but having yeah. that framework i hope will um yeah give some clues for sure for sure what about things that are labelled as rest that you don't think are rest at all, actually? So do you ever see or do you ever work with people that are saying, well, I do this in my downtime and this is how I rest. And you're kind of thinking, actually, I don't think that's very um, restorative for you. Or actually, is it a case of, well, if you see it as restorative, then it's restorative. <laughs> I think there are lots of things that we sort of think of as rest that we could possibly enhance. Right, right. Um, I, I think we need to listen to our nervous system, yeah, and I would say hand on heart, for me, watching um, Breaking Bad and Ozark and Narcos, my God, that is that for me is not restful. Like my nervous system <laughs> will say forget it and I won't be able to sleep and I'll, it's a, it's a really individual thing. I think we do need to be very careful with um, with screen time. Mm. And I think the difficult thing there is you can't always, even when you curate your feed, you can't always eliminate things that are going to trigger you. So we just need to be really careful with how we use these these methods of, you know, are we are we using it for connection or is this escapism is it and there's nothing wrong with escapism is it numbing is it in the same way that we turn to wine o'clock you know one glass of wine one 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 beverage that you savor well that could be restful but th then if it, it turns into two or three and then a host of other less than helpful choices you know it's we've just got to be be aware of our needs in this moment but also please can be Let's be loving and, and and tend to our future self as well in our choices. It's not easy, is it? It's hard. It's hard. It's hard to get it right. So, yeah, I think it's taking a look at what we habitually turn to and making sure that it's really serving us. Um, I, I try and address that in the book. You know, taking a look at what can, what can we swap alcohol with? What can we swap screen time with? But there is definitely a, a place for these things. It's not about eliminating them. It's just making sure that we've got a broad toolkit to turn to. So it's not just that. It's, there's lots of other things that we can choose as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm sensing balance again is, is the key word there, isn't it? Yeah, it, but you're right, though. <laughs> you know, there are some people who will I, – I genuinely see 
my, I call it my plod. I can't call it running because it's not fast <laughs> enough. I call it my plod. Honestly, that for me is a restorative commitment because mm. it helps me access a feeling of calm. It releases that, that pent up energy, it releases anxiety. It helps me manage my stress. Um, I do see the tendency to, to keep pushing and to keep striving. Now, I, I make sure that I, I, I don't overexert myself and I don't do it every day. There, there, and there have been periods in my life where I used to go to hot yoga and I really pushed myself. Now, I think there's, there's, a, there's a, an important distinction to make. Now, rest is something that has your needs at, at the heart. It's, it's soft. It's tender. It's, it's not always easy. Like I said, it could be gently stretchy, yeah, but it's, it's nourishing. It's compassionate. What rest is not is punitive, pushy, ambitious, striving, depleting. That's not rest. Okay. So I, I hope that can be a useful distinction. Absolutely. For sure. And like you mentioned just earlier about how you have, have your long-term maybe vision in mind all the time when, when thinking about that, your, your habits and your approaches and do does it align with your values? So what about, is there anything that you think people don't see as rest that they could add to their lives that actually is quite um, restorative, you know, some forms of rest that maybe we don't traditionally think of as a form of rest, but you've yeah. found that it's, it's helpful. It's useful for people. Absolutely. The first one that comes to mind is movement. Mm-hmm. You know, if we just associate rest with lying down, doing nothing, people might not think, well, actually it could be just going for a gentle walk or it could be having a little stretch, or maybe it's a creative pursuit. Maybe it's a form of self-expression. Maybe it's seeking out the company of specific people, or it's not always directly being in company. It's plugging in and feeling connected with something that's bigger than yourself. It could be as simple as um, listening to a podcast or a TED talk about something that you find personally meaningful to plug into a community there. So there are so many different ways that we can nourish ourselves that fly in the face of what we commonly associate with rest. Yeah. I completely agree with that. And I think there are these forms of rest where you have to get over the initial inertia, don't you, which does take some effort. And so it sounds kind of counter to what you're trying to do, but getting on the running trains and taking the step out of the, the, the first step out of the door feels effortful or ringing up your friend and saying, right, let's go for a coffee. I'll meet you in an hour. You, you, part of you just thinks, oh no, I just want to stay at home and I just want to collapse on the sofa. But you get over that initial inertia and then the way you feel after the run, you feel energized and you do feel rested. The way you feel after you've connected with a close friend, you feel energized, you feel rested. So it's really interesting, isn't it? How you might just need to get over a little bit of resistance in your, in your mind and in your body and and, and you'll get the, the reward, I suppose. You'll get the Absolutely. payback. I think that's really important to acknowledge that it's not always easy. Mm. Yeah, it really isn't always easy. But, you know, when, when, it's, when it's aligned and it's purposeful, it's worth it. Yeah. 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 Definitely. Right, I want to share now a quote with you and to get your thoughts on it. This is a quote from, I'm not sure I'm going to say her name correctly, but I think it's Erica Bobish or Bobish, B-O-B-I-S-H. And she said, rest is not earned. Rest is a fundamental part of being human. We need rest the same way we need air. And if we withhold it from ourselves, we'll see the impacts as ripple effects in our life. 
Work might become more difficult to complete. Friends might feel more distant. We are at risk for burnout, higher levels of anxiety and depression, and ultimately, ultimately not valuing ourselves the way we need to. End quote. Now, I'm guessing from our conversation so far that you agree with, with that kind of sentiment. Do you think, though, we've made progress here? Do you think the tide has turned on the way people view rest? Or do you think there is still that element of hustle culture, which, which you did mention at the very beginning of the, the conversation, didn't you? I think we're making inroads. Now, I right. 100% agree with that beautiful sentiment. Mm. Yes. Rest is a basic human need. It's not selfish or indulgent to eat, to hydrate ourselves, to pay attention to our sleep needs. Rest is just as important. And for anyone that's, I think this is an important point to make, even if you sleep well, we still need to rest because Mm -hmm. the ubiquitous nature of noise and stimulation and stress means that we need an opportunity to re-energize, to release throughout the course of our day, even if you've had a really good night's sleep. Yeah, it is, rest is a basic human need. And I think from my perspective, it's not something that we need to earn. It is, it's something that we need to be able to step up and live a life that we aspire to. You know, any quality that we hold dear, we've got a fighting chance of modeling that when we have paced ourselves compassionately. And for anyone that feels uncomfortable with this notion of rest, and there are so many people who feel like rest is lazy, rest is selfish, I must be doing something, it has to be producing some kind of tangible output. What I'd say there is rest is deeply purposeful and productive. It is how we heal. It's how we restore. What's more productive than that? But there is a huge resistance to it still. But can we look at it? How This is, this is basic energy management. Now, we don't quibble about plugging our phones in or rebooting our computers or refueling our cars. Why do we treat ourselves like we are a machine with infinite resource? You know, we, we, we respect our mobile phones better than we respect ourselves. Yeah? And I think a really simple tweak there is don't look at it as rest. Think of it as this is refreshment. This is energizing. This is rejuvenation. Use a different word and that can be a a useful way to create a shift in how we feel about it. Perfect. I'm not going to try and add to that because I just think you you put it so well. Um, Yeah, I just, there's nothing for me to add. I, yeah. Completely agree. So that, that, that shift in mindset is, is so important. But I guess the, the, the one thing I'm thinking is how important it is to be a model of that. I think that perhaps growing up, I did have a model. I did have models in my life of go, go, go and keep going and rest is an indulgence and it shouldn't be part of your day or your week. You know, you, you haven't earned rest, Sam. Just keep going. What, what would I want to rest for? Um, so I do, I, th- I think there's some breaking of the cycle needed, isn't there, to be there a model is. and to celebrate rest and to show off and not be afraid to say, oh, yeah, I had a nap today. I had like a one or two hour nap. I, I can say that very from a very privileged position of not having any children in the house. <laughs> um, but also other things as well, you know, if someone asks you what you did, oh, I didn't, didn't really do anything today. I just kind of switched off and just enjoyed myself. Um, so perhaps that's another element that's very important, being the model of, of rest. It is. It is the mantra. There are two, there's a mantra there. I'm not doing nothing. 
I'm resting. Resting is not nothing. Resting is resting. Yes. But you're absolutely right. I had no idea that observing my father have a regular siesta was such a gift. Mm. It was. He was a psychiatrist. At the end of every workday, he'd go for a walk on the headland and often I'd go with him. We'd go and pick grass for the rabbits. We had pet rabbits. And that was his means of replenishing, of clearing the decks, going for this walk in nature. Uh, And what an incredible gift to to see him modelling for me nourishment. My mum used to sit and knit and she'd go and sing in choirs. You know, that was her form of rest, that, that beautiful creative expression. So please, let's model rich and varied forms of rest for our children, for our siblings, for our parents. We, can, we need to teach our parents this stuff quite often, <laughs> right? But yeah, it, it does come back to changing the script and, and for us to give ourselves permission to engage in the rest that we need as individuals, even if that looks different to what our partner enjoys or our parents mm. enjoy or our siblings or yeah, listen and pace ourselves with compassion. Yeah, listen and be aware. Like every mm-hmm. every element of our life, it all starts with awareness, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. It does. And it's so true about parents as well. When you get to that certain age where you think, oh, actually I can teach my parents something about this. Like what, what's happened here? <laughs> I've, I've learned yes. so much from them and they've they've been the one teaching me for so long. Um, I think that's, a, that's part of adulting, I think, <laughs> when you realise you're an adult. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So... All of this is this passion that you've got for for rest and self-care and supporting people has come into fruition with 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 this latest book, which is called Rest to Reset. Um, and your book talks about weaving rest into the day. So it's not another thing to add to the to-do list. Mm-hmm. Um, how can people do this? Is it a case of just you know, getting the pen and paper out or getting your phone out and adding it to the to the calendar and blocking out time? Or is there anything else that you'd like to explain to me about how, how can I weave rest into my day? Okay. I quite like to have a little, I call it my little rest pick and mix. Mm. So for people, for anyone that's looking at developing new habits or getting a little bit more intentional about their rest, um, one, it's hard to remember, isn't it? Yeah. So I would suggest do a little mind map of of restorative options. Now, whether that's simple stuff like stretches. We all all know different stretches. There's nothing fancy required. You don't have to follow along on some YouTube video. You know, move your body however it feels good to you. We've got access to different breathing practices or different um, meditative practices. You know, even as something as simple as head to the window and look out at the canopy of moving trees in the distance or just seek a bird on the wing. Use nature therapy, yeah? So I would encourage people, write out a mind map of nourishing practices that speak to you as an individual. And that's mm-hmm. where my book can help because it will give you lots of different ideas. Or look at my Instagram feed. I, I, there are so many different practices and tools that I share on a daily basis. But map out the ones that speak to you, yes? That's step one. Have a little menu. Um because it's hard to generate this stuff in the moment, yeah? But if you've got it written down for you, you select one and off you go. The way that we can make the commitment to these habits is, like you said, if there's something important to you, if there's something that you want to remember, if I've got a dental appointment, it's in my diary. If it's not in my diary, I'm going to forget it, okay? Let's get intentional about our rest. Can we schedule some white spaces in our diary 
that would give us an opportunity to check in and to meet our needs in that moment. Now, what that will be might be completely different from one day to the next. But if we've actually allocated some time for it, it's far more likely to happen. And if there are particular restorative practices that we want to build into our day, then think of it as this is the scaffolding that we need in our day to be able to function. Is this a morning ritual? When am I going to do it? Am I going to do it right after I've brushed my teeth? Or I'm going to, is there something I can do while I'm waiting for the kettle to boil? Is there something that I can do on my commute? And that's how we weave it in. And then we need to think about how can I sustain myself through my day? So if I'm noticing that my focus or my concentration is flagging, is there some kind of tonic that will help me there? And then certain practices that will help us, you know, like a segue into our evening, down tools. This is the end of my working day. Bring it to completion with some kind of restorative practice. And then how can we fill our cup of an evening or how can we transition to bed? This is, this is how we do it. We get intentional. We think about what do I need? What will help me cultivate what I'm trying to achieve in this moment? There will be a restorative practice that will help you meet that need. Brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah. I like the the pick and mix aspect, the kind of noting down all those different ideas. That's what it's all about, isn't it? In so many other areas of our life as well. Looking at the options and finding what works for you and what resonates with you. And then when you talk about um, the, you know, having a calendar and blocking out some time and this is going to be rest, I suppose the other part of that as well is being comfortable with your boundaries and saying no, because I suppose a, mm-hmm. a busy mum and dad with family and, and kids and they've they've blocked out some time, they, they might want to try this and block out some time and say, no, this this Saturday afternoon we're going to do nothing. And then you get that phone call from a friend, oh, do you want, do you want to go for a, you know, to the for a play date somewhere, the soft play area, or do, do you want to do something else, go for a meal? And you're like, oh, okay, yeah, but actually mm-hmm. maybe it would serve you so much better to just kind of stay mm-hmm. strong and say, oh, no, actually we've, we've planned to just do nothing this afternoon. We just want to rest. I guess the yes. only way we can do that is start... Is, is, is do it, isn't it? Is, yes. is to model it. And then maybe that has a ripple effect onto that person that you said no to, which might have been it's, difficult at the time, but actually yeah. then it gave them permission to say no to other people and them permission to restore and rejuvenate. That's right. It's you. I think that's such a good point. This is boundary management. And, mm. you know, what I say in the book is that when we uh, take a look at our relationship with rest, it, it actually transforms our relationship with ourselves because mm. at its heart, this is us being aware of what we need as a human being and giving ourselves permission to meet those needs. And that will involve saying yes to things and saying no to things. And sometimes that will look different to what it ordinarily is because every day we have a different capacity. But I think you also touch on something that's really important, Sam, where if you've I, you've you've penciled in some kind of nourishment for you and if there's some kind of curveball and we can't do it, that is painful. It yeah. hurts. And for anyone that has their eyes set on, I want to do this restorative practice, but I just can't right now. Like I, I remember when in the, those early stages of motherhood, the things that I would normally do to nourish myself really became largely inaccessible because I had a whole different constraint in terms of time and energy and finances and freedom. Mm-hmm. It can be really painful. Um, and this is not just motherhood. This is like you experienced post-injury uh, for people with um, medical conditions, illnesses, um, 
or in the midst of life changes, whether it's menopause or whether it's redundancy or in the midst of financial squeeze, there might be some things that we really, really would love to do, but we can't, and that's painful. Or we just don't have hands-free. Like for people who are saying, I just don't have a minute for this stuff. I get it. I totally get it. But there are restorative practices that we can do even in the midst of caring for others or being on call all the time. It could be as simple as putting your hands on your heart and saying, sweetheart, you have every right to struggle with this. This is hard, but I can be tender with myself. That's rest. Yeah? Hmm. Are there any other examples of that? You've got, you've just, you've got my thinking now. You've sparked my interest. Because when you said about how the people that are so busy and think, I just haven't got time, I haven't got even five minutes for myself. So you've mentioned yep. one, uh, one, one practice there, hands on the heart and taking a deep yep. breath and saying something kind to yourself. Yep. Have you got anything else like that? I I'm do. Curious to you know, know. And I've, my heart you don't have out. to give all your secrets no, no, away. No, 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 but- <laughs> I'm very happy to. Honestly, my heart goes out to the educators. My heart goes out to the healthcare professionals. I mm-hmm. don't know how you have weathered and keep weathering. Honestly, I don't know how you do it. Um, self-compassion is key. Now we can mm. we can channel the feeling of self-compassion with the words that we use. Please, kind, coaxing, tender inner dialogue all day, every day. The kindest words you can conjure, that's what you deserve. Um, using touch, mm. yeah? So whether that's a, a simple gesture of if you hold one thumb, there's an acupressure point in your hand that when you do that, we're not just doing it, we're we're imbuing this with a feeling of I can be here for myself. You know, I can be my own safe place. Yes, we are literally holding our own hand. It's very soothing for the nervous system. When I watch telly, I'll do that, Hmm. yeah? Um, Other forms of touch. If you cradle your face, Cup your chin in your hands. It gets the oxytocin flowing, which is the hormone that signals to our nervous system that we're safe, that it's okay, it's it's safe to relax. But with this gesture, we are reminding ourselves that we are deserving of tenderness. Yeah. We are deserving of that kindness that we so generously extend to everybody else. It's all right. And we can give ourselves permission to feel as we do, permission to be human. Right, I love that one. Um, and again, there's another acupressure point in the forehead. If you think of Homer Simpson, dog, if we get bad news, the body is hardwired to, to heal itself. We'll either take the back of the hand to the head or if you're sitting at a desk, you'd go, oh, my gosh, you know, you'd rest your head on folded hands. So we can, we can use that same acupressure point by this is the same feeling if you do a child's pose or a pigeon pose in yoga where you're earthing your mm. brow very soothing for the nervous system. You can amplify that by, we've got, imagine you've got two little goatee horns, make a fist, press the base of your thumb into your imaginary goatee horns. Can you feel how that soothes your eyes? It releases your jaw, it softens the tongue. It slows your rate of breathing down. It moves us into rest and digest mode out of the stress response, fight and flight. And then if you let that go, I notice it gives me a greater clarity of vision. Yeah, these simple things. So for people who 
don't have time to stop, kind words, tender touch, soothing breath and movement like chicken wing shoulder rolls, fingertips on shoulders, breathe in, elbows up, breathe out, elbows back and down. With that, you are dropping your day from your shoulders. Yeah, I'm giving myself permission to pause. It is a purposeful pause. Yeah, these are the things that we can use until there's more time and space to replenish with mm. with other practices. They tide yeah. us over. Thank you for sharing. No, it's my um, pleasure. Especially the kind of the, the cupping of the face one. I did that one, I did all of them along with you, but that one was one that I especially, I could really feel it. I just Beautiful. feel, I found myself go, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I've also done some work with a coach and in one of our group sessions we did recently, he was just kind of um, showing us, you know, just stroking kind of like arms folded and stroking yes. each arm. Yeah, and yeah. I guess it's, um, there's part of me and there's maybe part, maybe it's more difficult for men as well to be doing that on video or doing that in front of people. It might look, it yeah. just looks so different, doesn't it? And maybe it's not something we associate with what some people would do. Um, but we've got to get over ourselves, haven't we? Just got to Lead get over ourselves. <laughs> exactly. Lead the way. Exactly. Yes. And I think we can ask ourselves, okay, so is, is the commonplace, you know, is what we associate is that serving us? Yeah. Is that what right? I want to aim Is it towards? working for us? <laughs> yeah. And if it's not, well, then permission to do things differently and permission to look a little bit silly doing it. <laughs> but I tell you what, your nervous system will thank you and all of the people that see and learn from you will thank you. So yeah. fly the flag. We do it together. We look silly together and we feel better for it. <laughs> for sure for sure i like that i like your no nonsense approach which on social media i see a lot of that as well it's kind of a uh, you don't mince your words do you on social media it's very um <laughs> it's great tell it like it is i'm glad my, my little notes to self land for you too <laughs> oh they for sure for sure uh, i enjoy it a lot i get a kick out of it <laughs> right um susie thank you so much for your time um a valuable discussion. I've really, really, really enjoyed talking to you. Before I let you go, um, I'm going to ask you three questions and okay. then I'm going to ask you to also share details of your book and social media and website and, and all that good stuff as well. But first of all, the questions. And the first one is, what's that one lesson you wish you'd have been taught when you were a child? Okay. I wish I had learnt that being tough on ourselves is not the way to garner better performance. It's not being punitive, being critical, being judgmental does not help us step up. Being tender with ourselves, being kind, coaxing and gentle is the secret source. Self-compassion is the key. What's one habit that I could add to my life to help me feel great or even a habit that I can take away from my life? You've already mentioned lots of habits to add or take away, but maybe I can prod you to choose just one well do you know what you said that cradling your face in your hands spoke Mm. to you if that speaks to you i would love for you to do that every single day as you do it you are reminding yourself that you are deeply deserving of that tenderness run with it and if you could give everyone in the world one book which book would you give them i'm i'm gonna be bold i'm gonna say rest to reset Go I would for it. love yeah. for everyone to have that fresh definition, that new approach, that framework, and all of those toolkits. There are 25 toolkits in there. I'm sure there would be something that 
that would be a catalyst for everyone there. Yeah, for sure. So where can people get their hands on your book? Um, it's widely available. Amazon stocks it. It's also lots of Waterstones. Um, and if your local bookstore doesn't stock it, pop in there and say, can you order it in? Let's support local. Big fan of that. Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. Okay. And people that um, want to get in touch with you, see your social media posts and all the great content that you share on there as well. Um, where, where's the best place for people to find you? Well, come and hang out at, at Instagram. Just yeah. my handle is Susie Redding. Um, that's where I share all of the tips and tools that are helping me. A lot of the practices that we've talked about today, I take people through guided, guided sessions. Um, and you can contact me on my website, susiereading.co.uk. Come and say hi. Let's share the journey together. That's what this is about. Perfect. Thank you so much, Susie, for your time again. I'm really looking forward to putting this episode out there. And of course, looking forward to staying in touch as well and hopefully doing this again, maybe when the next book comes out. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Sam. I've really enjoyed your questions and I hope we've got people thinking differently about rest. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in. I really hope you found my conversation with Susie insightful. If you did enjoy the episode, please share it with friends, family and colleagues who you think would find it helpful. And you can also support the podcast by following and rating the show on whichever app you're listening on. Thank you again, and I'll be bringing you another episode very soon.